0: Hello, People's Church. Good to see you today. want to welcome those watching online around the world. We're glad to have you join us today for this experience. We're in a series called Forgotten God. This is week three. I'm also excited about week four next weekend. I believe we're going to teach you some things about the Holy Spirit they're going to be so vital you may have never thought about, but one of his main functions, his role in your life, we're going to discuss next Sunday. Today I've titled the talk, Gifts from a Friend, Gifts from a Friend. When my wife and I were engaged to be married back in the fall of 1997. My wife moved back home to live with her parents in Grand Island, Nebraska for about three or four months or so before we got married. And when she was living back home, I was traveling still full time as a, as a speaker evangelist. And, and, and my, my, my wife's uh, father bought her a gift. And, of course, how many know since we were getting ready to get married? Once we got married, that gift was also mine. You know what I'm saying? And so bought her a, a gift. And let me preface this by saying, man, I've got a great father-in-law, a great mother-in-law. They're godly people. My wife's a pastor's kid. They pastor a church. Just wonderful, wonderful people. And my, my father-in-law had bought Uh, Tiffany, this gift. And and Tiffany called me and she was sharing this gift with me, talking about it. It was a car that her father had bought us. And when when I first heard this, it it brought excitement to me. But the longer my wife talked about this gift, the more frustrated I got because my wife let me know that, hey, yeah, my my dad bought me this car, which I knew in a few months it was getting ready to be my car. And her dad had put down a down payment on the car, but the car was not paid for. We had debt and now that debt was my dad. And so I wasn't too happy that I got debt. I had no decision about I had no in, input in the decision. And so we got this car. It was around a 1987 Buick Riviera and less than a year after having the car. it was a computerized system that was in the car. The computer just stopped working. We were a brand-new married couple. We had no money to fix it, and so the heat and the air conditioning worked with that. So the A.C. did not work all summer, and then the radio didn't work in the car. And so how many know I wasn't too happy about that gift? (laughs) No, thank you, Mr. Father-in-law. Love you, but don't appreciate that gift. It was not a good gift. It was a bad gift. How many of you ever got a bad gift before? You know what I mean? You just really take it back. You know what I'm saying? Well well let me tell you something about God. God does not give bad gifts. God only gives good gifts. The gifts that he gives to us are good gifts. A matter of fact, the Bible says in James 1 verse 16 and 17, don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. The Bible says that every gift that God gives, it's a good and it's a perfect gift. It comes from our heavenly Father. God only gives good gifts. And today I want to talk to you about the gifts that God gives us as followers of Jesus. Let me say right up front, I've got a lot of points today. If you're new with us today, I don't normally have 4,000 points. But today, I have a lot of points to cover, so I'm going to be moving rather quickly today. I want to begin this talk by giving you five insights about spiritual gifts. Five insights about spiritual gifts. Number one is this. Spiritual gifts are given by God. By God. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. You you don't get spiritual gifts from your daddy or your mama. You don't get them through DNA. They come from God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11, all of these, talking about the gifts from God, the gifts from the Holy Spirit, are the work of one spirit and the same spirit. And he, talking about the Holy Spirit, gives them to each one just as he Determines. God gives the gifts to us. Matter of fact, Scripture says that He determines which gifts we get. It's important for you to understand that no one owns, no person owns the gifts of the Spirit. They belong to God. They belong to the Holy Spirit. And He distributes them as He sees fit. There's a second thing that I want you to see, a second insight. And that spiritual gifts are for every Christian. There are some people who think that spiritual gifts are for a few giants in the church, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Listen, spiritual gifts are not for a few elite follower of followers, followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit's gifts are given to every believer. Hear me today, if you are a follower of Jesus, God has and wants to give you spiritual gifts. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Everybody shout, each. It's given to each believer, each follower of Jesus. It's for every Christian. Number three is this, the third insight. Spiritual gifts are not a sign of maturity. I just read to you in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 11 that the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts as he determines. It's not because we are so great or so holy or so mature that we get these gifts. Matter of fact, I've seen people be be used mightily by God with one of the gifts of the Spirit. And then in the very next moment, they go act like the devil. I've seen that. I've literally seen people be be used by God mightily, one of the gifts of the Spirit, and then turn around and just act mean like the devil. And you say, Herbert, how is that? How could somebody be used by one of the gifts of the Spirit and then turn around and act like the devil? How could somebody do that? Because understand, spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Matter of fact, a better measuring stick, a better gauge for spiritual maturity are not the gifts of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter five and verse twenty-two and twenty-three. But the fruit of the spirit is is love. And I've seen people be used mightily by God in one of the gifts of the Spirit, and then treat their spouse bad, treat people bad, act like a jerk. That's not spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is when the Holy Spirit is developing these these, fruit in your, these fruits in your life. Love, joy, and, and peace. I've seen people be used mightily by God in one of the gifts of, of the Spirit, and then they cause division in the church. They cause dissension. They, they gossip. They're not peacemakers. They're always bringing up something, stirring up something. And the Bible says, listen, when, when there's this maturity going on, there's just peace and, and patience and, and kindness and goodness Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, are these attributes flowing through your life? Are they active in your life? Because that's a sign of spiritual maturity, not the gifts of the Spirit. Number four is this. Spiritual gifts are given to help people. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. Listen, God gives us spiritual gifts so that we can help each other, not so that we can go around acting like a bunch of big hotshots. that's not the purpose of the spiritual gifts. You can always identify a spiritually immature person because they think they're all of that. They think they're awesome because they're being used by God in one of the gifts of the spirit. And the Holy Spirit's gifts are given to us to help each other. To bless each other, to minister to one another, not to go around acting like a bunch of arrogant big shots. That is not the purpose. Let me take it a step further. The Holy Spirit's gifts are given to us to build up the church, not to tear it down. And it's really sad. It's sad that the gifts oftentimes divide so many churches. So so many churches get divided over this issue And I want you to know that at People's Church, this is not a dividing issue. If you happen today as I teach to see it a little differently than I see it, that's okay. We're still on the same team. We're still serving the same Lord Jesus Christ. He is still Lord of our lives. We have the same mission to serve Jesus with all of our hearts, to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, I clearly understand from the Bible that God did not give these good gifts to the church so that we could argue, fuss, and fight, divide, go start our own denominations. That wasn't the purpose of the gifts. They were to build up the church, not to tear it down. Number five is this. There's a a fifth insight I want you to see, and that's you should desire spiritual gifts. You should desire them. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1 says this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And we're going to explain to you the gifts of the Spirit in just a moment, the, the gifts that God gives. But the Word of God says eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Listen, we need to desire spiritual gifts. You should desire them. You should be hungry for them. I need to be hungry for them. Because why? Why? They're a good thing. I want you to hear me today. Spiritual gifts are not weird, goofy, or spooky. If you missed last week, I'm going to repeat this to help you. Or if some of you tuned me out last week, I want to repeat this again. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are. Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. People that are weird with the Holy Spirit, they were weird before they got the Holy Spirit. They're just weird. We love you, but you're weird, and that's okay. We're glad you're part of the family, but the Holy Spirit himself is not weird. God gave us good gifts to build up the church, to help one another. And there are two main lists in the New Testament that talk about the gifts that God gives us. Now, there are about four or, four or five lists there in the New Testament. But There are two dominant, two two main lists that talk about gifts. Oftentimes, I, I, I've heard people just teach from 1 Corinthians 12, but I'm not wanting to limit God in the work of the Holy Spirit because there are more gifts that he gives to the church. So, I want to cover these spiritual gifts with you today. The first gift is the gift of prophecy. And the first list I want to cover with you is in the book of Romans chapter 12, and we'll get to 1 Corinthians 12 momentarily. Romans 12 and verse 6 says this, In His grace, God, God gives these gifts. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Now, now prophecy is the spiritual ability to speak the mind and counsel of God. A a prophecy can tell us what is going to happen in the future for new believers, new people to, to, to church. This is not psychic powers. It's a word from the Lord. Prophecy can be a word from God about what's going to happen in the future. It's not in your notes. encourage you to jot it down. I I gave you an example. Let me give you an example of this. It's in Acts chapter 11 verse 27 through 29. It's it's an example of the gift of prophecy talking about the future. Acts 11 verse 27 through 29 as as somebody is prophesying about the future, a future famine. You could find that there. Also, prophecy can be a specific word from the Lord for a person or for a group of people the bible says in first corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3 but everyone who prophesies speaks this word from the lord speaks to men for their strengthening encouragement and comfort now let me say this to you there are two filters i run this through if somebody comes up to me and say hey pastor i feel like god wants me to share something with you god has a word for you that, that i want to share with you there are two filters i run that through the first filter is this does it line up with the bible so somebody comes up to me and says, hey, Pastor, you know, I just feel like God wants me to share this with you today. And, Pastor, God told me that you're supposed to divorce your wife and marry this other woman. Well, listen, they are not prophesying. They are prophelying because that didn't come from God. That wasn't from the Lord because the Bible says God hates divorce. He would never tell me to do something contrary to his word. God gave me my precious wife as a gift to me, a wonderful wife. That, that's not from God. And so I just no, 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 that didn't line up with the Bible. There's a second, a second criteria or filter that I run it through. And the second one is this. Does, does, if a person comes to me and says something to me, I, my, my, the first thing I think about or the second thing besides the word of God is, does that bear witness with my spirit? Or is that, or in other words, let me say it a, little, a simple way. Is that what God is speaking to me? So if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, Pastor, you know, I just feel like the Lord wants me to share something with you. God told me to tell you, Pastor, that you and your family are supposed to move to Africa next week, Nigeria, and you're supposed to be missionaries over in Africa. Listen, I'm not listening to them. They ate too much pizza last night, and it's bothering them because God, God had not said that to me. And here's the deal. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and God can speak to you. God can lead you. God will direct you. And so is that confirming what God is speaking to my heart? Because I can hear from God for myself. And so that's very important. Very important. There's a second gift that I want you to see. And that's the gift of serving. Gift of serving. Romans chapter 12 and verse 7 says, If your gift is serving others, serve them well. The gift of serving is when the Holy Spirit gives someone the supernatural ability to serve people. Now let me interject this. We're all called to be servants. We're all called to have a servant's heart. But God does give some people the gift of serving. You see, people who have this gift, they just live to serve others. There are some people, they just live to serve others. They, that, that they wouldn't be fulfilled unless they were serving and helping people. They just have this spiritual gift to serve others. Number three is this, the gift of teaching. It goes on to say in Romans 12 and verse 7, if you are a teacher, teach well. The gift of teaching is the spiritual ability to explain the Bible so that people can understand it and apply it to their lives. Let me say this to you, you don't have to be a pastor Or a a, a spiritual leader in a church to have the gift of teaching. Some of you have the gift of teaching. You need to be leading a small group, a community group. You need to be teaching. You need to be investing the word of God into people because you have the spiritual ability to teach the Bible in a way that people can understand it and apply it to their lives. Number four is this, the gift of encouraging. Romans 12 and verse 8 says, if your gift is to encourage others, be Encouraging. The the gift of encouraging is simply the spiritual ability to encourage people. And God gives some people a gift to encourage people who may be going through a difficult time, maybe they're they're hurting, they're, they're discouraged, or they're lonely, and God gives certain people a gift to encourage others. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're a follower of Jesus, that if you don't have this gift, you should discourage others. That's not what we're saying. It simply means that some people have a spiritual gift to always encourage people, to always lift people up, to always be there and have an encouraging word. Some people just have that gift. It's a spiritual gift. Number five is this, gift of giving. Romans 12 and verse 8 goes on to say, if it is giving, give Generously. This is the spiritual ability to, re, to, to, to give resources to advance God's work and purpose. Some people literally live to make all they can so that they can give all they can. They have a supernatural gift to give. Matter of fact, I know someone like that. Every time I talk to them, they're always giving, giving something, always looking at how they can give and advance God's kingdom, that they have a spiritual gift of giving. It's a spiritual gift. Number six is this, the gift of leadership. Romans 12 and verse number eight says, if God has given you leadership ability, comes, comes from this gift from God, take the responsibility seriously. That The gift of leadership is the spiritual ability to lead a group of people to accomplish a God-given Purpose. Some of you have that gift. And maybe you, you lead a mission strip. Maybe you're leading a group of people in an outreach. Maybe you're leading to start a new church. Maybe, maybe you're leading a community group. You have the spiritual gift of leadership to, 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 to lead a group of people to accomplish a, a God's work and God's purpose. A spiritual gift that's used in the church called leadership. Number seven is this, the gift of mercy. Romans 12 and verse 8 says, If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. This gift is the spiritual ability to show compassion or or pity or to empathize with others. Let me be honest with you. I don't have this spiritual gift. Pray for me. I, I don't, don't have this gift. The Holy Spirit has not given this to me. Matter of fact... If I see you do something goofy and you come to me, I'll probably say, well, that was stupid. I don't know why you why'd you do that. If you don't do that, you won't have that problem anymore, sugar. I promise you just can't do that. And I just, I'm not going to go, oh, I just, oh, let's cry together. That's just not my, that's not my gift. That's not my gift. Not my gift. There's a second list that I want to cover with you today. A second list. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number four, beginning in verse four. It says there are different kinds of gifts. But the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And the first gift that's listed is the gift of wisdom. Gift of wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of Now, the gift of wisdom is when the Holy Spirit gives a person supernatural wisdom for a specific situation. And I put in your notes an example of this in Acts 15, verse 19 and 20. I don't have time to read the entire chapter to you, so let me just give you a quick overview. What what was taking place here is, is the Gentiles were giving their lives to Christ. They were turning to God. And there were some Jewish leaders that were upset about it because they they felt like for the Gentiles to be saved, they had to be circumcised and they had to obey the entire law of Moses. So there was this sharp dispute that broke out amongst Jewish leaders and they were arguing back and forth and they were simply making it difficult for the Gentiles to turn to God. And as you're reading that that portion of scripture, that chapter, all of a sudden, I mean, it's just like James just has this wisdom. I mean, it's just like this supernatural wisdom and he just gives this gives this, gives this instruction to, 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 to the group of Jewish leaders. And here's what James says in Acts 15, verse 19 and 20. It is my judgment therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols. In other words, hey, the Jewish culture—we don't want them. We don't want the, the, the Gentiles to offend you, so we're going to tell them not to eat food polluted by idols. He says from sexual immorality, because that does not please the Lord to engage in sex outside of marriage. And he says from the meat of strangled animals and from blood, because hey, you Jewish folks, part of your culture, this would offend you if they if they do that. But but listen, all the rest of that stuff you're telling. Them them to do they don 't have to do it, they don 't have to do it. I mean, it was just this wisdom that he had on solving the problem, and how many know that all the Gentile men knew that was a word from God that was wisdom from God, that they didn 't have to get circumcised to follow Jesus I mean that's a, I believe the Lord is speaking to you right now, amen. Because if I gotta follow Jesus means I gotta get snipped, I'm forty, I don't know if I want Jesus anymore. You know what I'm saying? It was the gift of wisdom. Number two is the gift of knowledge, the gift of knowledge, first Corinthians chapter twelve and verse eight, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. Now, this is when the Holy Spirit gives someone specific knowledge about something that they didn't know anything about. Let me give you some examples of this in the Bible. John chapter 4, verse 15 through 18. Jesus is at a well and a woman shows up. And he begins to have a conversation with her. And he, he, he tells a woman, hey, go call your husband. Jesus never met this woman before. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, just this just, just gift of knowledge. He just said, by the Holy Spirit, he just said to her, you're right. You've had five husbands. And the one you're with now is not your husband. And Jesus through the gift of knowledge, he was able to minister to that woman. It was just he had no prior knowledge of that. It was just the gift of the Holy Spirit. Another example of this is in Acts chapter 5. And in this portion of scripture, Ananias and Sapphira, a husband and wife, they had sold a piece of property. And, and they, they told the church that they were giving all the money to the church. But privately, they had a conversation and said, hey, let's keep some of it back for ourselves. They didn't tell anybody else, just, just the two of them. And so they kept some of it back for themselves but told the church we're giving all the money. And then Ananias and Sapphira walked in separately and, 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 and the apostle Peter, he was just used with the gift of knowledge. He had no knowledge. He wasn't in that private conversation. And Peter said to them, Ananias, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. You've kept some of the money back for yourself. It was just the gift of knowledge. I have that same gift. Let me tell you what some of you did last night. I'm just playing. All right. I was just, uh I got you. Uh Yeah. All right. The gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge. Number three is this. The gift gift of faith. Gift of faith. First Corinthians 12 and verse 9. To another, faith by the same spirit. Now, the gift of faith is the supernatural ability to believe God for something to be accomplished without doubting. Now, oftentimes the gift of faith happens in conjunction with the next two gifts, and that's the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. So oftentimes the the, the gift of faith operates very closely with the gift of healing and and, and the gift of miracles. Number four is the gift of healing. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. The, the gift of healing is when the Holy Spirit gives a follower of Jesus the supernatural ability to pray for someone and to see them healed from a sickness or disease. You know what? I, I really desire to have this gift. I, I, I don't have the, the gift of healing. I, I would love to have this gift that I could pray for sick people and, and, and man, just see them, see them healed. I, I desire this. I don't have it. I don't have a good track record. Matter of fact, if you come to me dying of cancer and I pray for you, I hope you got some life insurance, Amen. Because I don't have don't have a good track record, Amen. We're probably gonna be doing your funeral next week. I hate to say that to you, but I just I don't I don't have that that I desire that gift, Amen. I, I'll pray for you, Amen. I'm telling you, I'll pray full of faith, but you're probably gonna die, Amen. Love you, glad glad to be your pastor, Amen. But I, I don't I don't have that gift, desire that gift. But let me say this to you. Let me say, not. Just three people around the world don't have this gift. Don't, don't believe that. Some people think, well, just, just two or three people have this gift, and you've got to travel all around the world to find... No, 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 no. no. The gift of healing is distributed to the body of Christ. There are people at this church that have this gift. But I, I know, it's, it's probably somebody in this place right now that have, has this gift to pray for people. And you, you see results. God works through you, and you see people healed of sickness and disease. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Number five is this gift of miracles, gift of miracles. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, to another miraculous powers. And I also put the rest of that verse says to another prophecy, but we already covered prophecy, but prophecy also shows up in this list as well. But it says to another miraculous powers. The gift of miracles is when the Holy Spirit gives someone the supernatural ability to perform a miracle. Now, this is different from the gift of healing, You see a miracle is something that transcends the natural laws of the universe. Let me give you some examples of the gift of miracles. Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana. That's a miracle. Jesus and the disciples feeding 5000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. That's a miracle. God using Moses to part the Red Sea and Israel walks through on dry ground, that's a miracle. Daniel getting thrown into the lion's den and not getting eaten by some hungry lions, that's a miracle. Peter walking on water, that's a miracle. And oftentimes the gift of faith works alongside the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. People have the supernatural ability to believe God and not doubt. Number six is the gift of discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10 says, To another, distinguishing or discerning between spirits. Now, Now, the gift of discerning of spirits is when the Holy Spirit gives someone the ability to discern what is from the Spirit of God versus the devil, the flesh, or the world. It's this ability to discern. Is that the Spirit of God? Or is that an evil spirit from the flesh, from from the world? And you can see an example of this. Let me me give it to you. You can put it in your notes. Here's an example of this in Acts 16, verse 16 through 18. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 18. And I want to say to you as your pastor, everything you hear on television from a preacher, everything you hear is not from the Lord matter of fact, the Bible brings this up, and it's just important to these, in the days that we're living in. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Dear friends, do, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so the Bible says to test the spirit, because every spirit is not from God. So we should test it when we hear that pastor, or we hear that person on television. Is that from God? The Lord and the Bible actually says that God gives people this gift of discerning between spirits. Now, sometimes I hear people call it the gift of discernment, but I don't really see that in the Bible where it's just like you just have a discerning. I can just discern something about somebody. Oftentimes, people who say they have the gift of discernment, oftentimes they have the gift of criticizing. I mean, because that's not you don't see that in the Bible. It's the gift of discerning between spirits. Is that from God or is that from the enemy, from the world, from the flesh? And wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good? If an evil spirit was coming against your marriage, for God to give you that gift of discerning experience, you say, something's going on here in the spirit realm. Wouldn't it be good if the enemy was coming against your kids just to be able, God, to give you that gift of discerning the spirit? Wouldn't it be good if the enemy was coming against your business? God would give you that gift of discerning the spirit and you would know how to pray because the evil one's trying to attack you. Number, Number seven is this, is the gift of tongues Interpretation now, now these are two separate gifts. I put them in one point, but two separate gifts. First Corinthians 12 and verse 10 says this to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, now the gift of tongues is the spiritual ability to speak in a language that is unknown to the person, and and the second gift is the gift of interpretation, and it's the ability to interpret the gift of. Of tongues. Let, let's, let's read a little bit more about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 2 through 5 says this, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. So when somebody speaks in a tongue, they're not speaking to a person, they are speaking to to God, it says, "Indeed, no one can understand Him. He utters mysteries with His Spirit." But everyone who prophesies—and we, we talked about prophecy a little earlier—but everyone who prophesies speaks this word from the Lord, speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So the Bible draws this distinction between the gift of tongues and then this personal. Prayer language, because it says in his personal prayer language, this this gift, it edifies the person who is speaking in this unknown language. It goes on to say, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues talking about this, this personal prayer language, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, I've been able to travel all across America in a lot of different churches. And uh, something that I've seen from time to time when I've traveled in Pentecostal charismatic circles is I have been in churches where where everybody was speaking in tongues out loud. I mean, they were just just, just going to town. And maybe you're wondering, well, pastor, why don't we do that here at this church? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 23, it says if you have people who are ignorant... They don't know anything about the gift of tongues, or you have people there that are unbelievers. It says they will think you are crazy, that you are out of your mind. And friends, listen, people already think we're crazy. We don't even give them any more reasons to think we're crazy. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you go to people's church? Isn't that that church that did Thriller? What in the world are you so we're not trying to give them any more reasons. I think we're trying to, trying to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so and that, that, that's why we don't do that. Matter of fact, here's what I want you to know. The Bible says that it's much more beneficial at church, at church, for us to speak in a language where everybody can understand. It says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 18 and 19, Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. This, this personal prayer language that I have. I, I, he says, I use it. Verse 19 says, but in the church, when I'm at church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Let me say this to you. Speaking in tongues. It's one of the most controversial issues in church. Matter of fact, the gifts of the Spirit themselves are so... There's so much controversy in the church over this issue. And here's what I want you to know as your pastor. This breaks the heart of God. God never gave us these good gifts so that we could fuss, argue, fight. Churches could split. We could start our own denomination. God never gave us these gifts To divide the church. I want you to know that division over this isn't from God. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I want you to see what God says. Since God has not called us to divide. He's called us to love one another. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 3, as it talks about the gifts of the spirit. I want you to see what Paul says as he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. He says, man, listen, if I just speak in tongues and I go to town, and I, I, mean, I, I just pray." in tongues, he says, but if I don't love people, and I'm always stirring up something, you better be like me, I'm better than you, and I've got this, and you don't, I'm telling you, you better, I'm going to start my own denomination, I'm a it, you bang, 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 you're just a bunch of noise, that's what he says, he says, you're missing it you think a gift, you think having a personal prayer language, it elevates you. He says, you think, you're, you, you think you're awesome and you're dividing and you're causing controversy and you're stirring up stuff, you're splitting stuff. He says, you think, you, you, you think you're spiritually mature and you're missing it because it's not the gifts that make you mature, it's the fruit. And he says, listen, listen. Love. One another. Verse two says, "If I have the gift of prophecy, I mean, I can just give people words from the Lord. I mean, I just God uses me. I have this gift, and I can fathom all mysteries. I mean, I just can understand all kind of stuff. God helps me understand mysteries and and, I, and and all knowledge. I mean, I just have this this knowledge, this word of knowledge. God just gives it to me, and I have faith that can move mountains. I mean, I'm so awesome. I can move mountains. I can speak to the mountain; it'll be removed. I can speak to sickness and pray for people, and they'll be healed. Of it. if I have this gift, but have not love." I'm nothing. If I don't love people and get along with people and treat people right and promote unity, I'm I'm nothing. Verse 3, if I give all I possess... To the poor, I mean, you have this gift of giving and you give, 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 and you're just so generous and and you surrender my body to the flames. I mean, I'm just sacrificing for Jesus. I'll do anything for Jesus. I'll go to the moon for Jesus. I'll move to Africa tomorrow for Jesus. I will just sacrifice for the Lord, but have not love. I gain nothing. Jesus said it like this in John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, by this one thing, all men will know that you are my disciples if you speak in other tongues. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you prophesy. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have the gift of healing and miracles. Nah, Now, guys, by this. All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And at People's Church, we're going to be about loving one another. Let me tell you, at this church... I don't care what your denominational background is. Listen, at this church, you're welcome here if you're red, yellow, black, or white. It doesn't matter your denomination. It doesn't matter to me. Matter of fact, the favorite denomination for me is heathen. You are welcome at people's church. We're going to love one another. We're going to promote unity. We're on the same team. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to reach a city together. We're going to pull together. We're going to love one another. We're going to love one another. We're going to love one another. But also let me say this. You should desire spiritual gifts as a follower of Jesus. Not to be puffed up, but to help people out. To be a blessing to people. To help somebody at work who may need prayed for. That God may give you something for them. To be a blessing. Not to be weird or spooky, but that God can use you. To help people out. Because that's the purpose of the gifts. Father, thank you so much for your word for your presence. Lord, thank you for giving us a